Hello, aliens from the sixth dimension, uh, hunters of people, uh, really weird dogs. Welcome back to the third episode of the Double Decker Metal Mayhem Horror Show. It's nice to see you all again uh, a week from last episode. Um, before we start, just a, just like a one little announcement. Figured out that if you uh, record stuff on Anchor and you put um like little mini song clips in it, uh, if you're on other platforms besides Anchor, you don't hear any of that. So uh, realizing that after I uploaded last episode with all the times I referred to different songs, uh, it doesn't really work. Uh, so um, might try to figure out ways to uh, fix that in the future. Um, right now, I'm just going to change a little bit how we do it. So. Uh, if you're not listening on Anchor, you probably won't hear any of the interlude songs, but I will still have some interlude, um, a little pieces of music that the, uh, the site offers uh, as of right now. So just, yeah, that's the only thing uh, for the moment. But um, yeah, I think that's, that's the only real thing. Uh, so it'll just be a little bit longer if you listen to it on Anchor than other platforms, but it shouldn't change too much. I'm still going to talk about the same stuff. Uh, all right, without further ado, let's get up to the next episode. Yeah, yeah. And welcome back, everybody. Um, so, uh, today's uh, episode, I wanted, uh, for this segment, I wanted to talk about one of my favorite subgenres of, of metal which is in itself a subgenre of another subgenre of metal. So it's a sub subgenre, which is fun. Uh, jokes are funny. <laughs> anyway, um, so I want to talk about uh, melodic death metal today. Um, and now, to those of you who are not familiar with um, metal music, uh, melodic death metal in its in of itself sounds like an oxymoron. And I'm here to tell you that it is not, because uh, melodic death metal can have some of the coolest uh, a guitar solos, B riffs, um, and it can have some really pretty sounding songs, even if it's not all the time clean vocals, um, I should say, um, and and uh, not always just you know straight uh, pleasant sounding. <laughs> uh, how, uh, if I can say it like this, so. I think a melodic death metal is another good um, gateway into heavy music because it, it still retains a lot of the the same kind of uh, guitar sounds that a lot of uh, you know older rock music has, or you know it's just a lot of you know sometimes can be very upbeat. Uh, it has a lot of you know pentatonic scales and uh, a lot of a lot of different. Uh, whether it is major or minor has has a lot of different you know ways that the the songs progress without having uh you know just like uh, like three four five you know riffing or just tuning the guitar down to an insane amount and just chugging for god knows how long even though that it has its place but um that's it, it's it's a lot different in the sense so uh, in a lot of a lot of metal music we expect that it's you know it's you know high high uh, octane very fast uh you know uh, you know playing you know just strumming on the e on the e string and then 
continuing into like little like you know segments like with a lot of typical death metal which you'll see a lot is you know it was like and just like a little bit of a uh you know a lot of like very dissonant sounding notes uh like very briefly and then just a lot of ch like chugging along with it. it takes a lot of that from thrash but it, it takes to a little with with most death metal it takes to a lot of different the, the notes don't sound as like well put together you know since and the, of course that has its you know its origin in a lot of the uh you know late rom late romantic period like classical music i'm getting into a little bit of a <laughs> side topic but uh, a lot of it comes from like a the arnold schoenberg you know the seven um seven tone scale i think seven seven points it's something like that where it you can you're able to make music without necessarily having it all resolve itself and i think that's where a lot of death metal gets its signature sound from and a lot of the you know unresolved tension that just kind of builds throughout the song which you know kind of gets you in the mood to headbang gets you in the mood to jump around push people beat the shit out of everybody else um and uh modern death metal does, does a, little, a lot differently uh it, it still has that same like you know gravel and growling that you know normal death metal has but it, it puts a little bit of a spin on it um i think my first my first the first melodic death metal band i listened to uh was a band called amana marth uh and th with their um song uh twilight of the third guide which if you are on anchor you're, you would have heard a little 30 second uh, excerpt from that uh just before um i was started talking uh and it's uh i think i, th I think i've talked about it in a previous episode but it, it, just the long and short of it it's basically just a song about thor beating the shit out of a giant serpent um and it's amazing uh it's uh, i tried to learn how to play it on guitar i'm not very good at it but it that song was like an eye-opener to me i was like holy shit this is next level stuff i never would have expected any you know metal songs to come out with this stuff um but it, it uses very like very pentatonic uh you know playing you know alternate picking uh using a lot of the scales um it's, it's just um it, so it's not as like chuggy as a lot of the other death metal songs tend to be the old school stuff like morbid angel cannibal corpse suffocation not that those guys are bad by any means um and you know it, it focuses a lot more on like guitar solos and you know making it more pleasant sounding to the ear um than a lot of other death metal genres or might uh might do um uh amana marth in particular does um you know they're they they do a good job of making like epic sounding music which is usually reserved for a lot of power metal but uh, Amana Martha's it in such a way where it's like, you know what, I, I want to go and grow a beard for the next 10 years, uh, find a Viking ship and go raid towns or whatever, or like go on a mission and like drink beer in the halls of Valhalla after I die. Like they have a lot of cool songs like that. Um, like, uh, for example, uh, like uh, they have uh, Valhalla Waits Me, which is a great song. I always get used to, to listen to that to get pumped up for stuff. So if you ever want to get pumped up to, uh, go take a test or I don't know basketball game or some kind of sporting event or whatever you need to get pumped up for definitely listen to that song it's just about dying going to Valhalla which is great and the guitar solo on that is it's, it's great it has this little 
you know, this like slow kind of uh, build up, and then it goes into the two dueling guitar harmonies that just it's it's really pretty, um, but also epic as hell. Um, so highly recommend that. Um, but I would say I recommend Amon Martha a lot for for uh, people who are starting to get into the heavy. Like once you get graduate the past of like okay, I can tolerate people not singing. They're definitely a good step because they still have that melodic, uh, that melodic beat with their guitars and then the drums. Um, definitely. Uh, what's some of the good songs they have? Uh, uh, their new album, uh, Berserker, is uh, phenomenal. It's one I think it's one of the better albums of 2019, uh, in my opinion, personally. Uh, it's got some great songs in there. Raven's Flight is great. Uh, when I think when, when once again we consider skills is sa skills sales. When once again we consider sales is uh, pretty apt for you know during living during a global pandemic when we're none of us can really do anything right now. Um, and shouldn't be you wear a mask, everybody. Uh, and um, it uh, I lost my place here. Um, if yeah, so check check those songs out. Um, they're they're really good at um, really keeping you hooked with a lot of your songs, but still making them you know headbangable, like Shield Wall, stuff like that. Uh, you know, Raise Your Horns is a great headbang song. It's also great. Um, you know, after you know having a you know a good day, you just kind of sit back and you just raise your horns. Do you know about drinking after in the hall? Again, drinking in the halls of Valhalla. A lot of Valhalla stuff in. Uh, Amon Amarth songs because they're Vikings. Um, they're from Sweden and the, they're very proud of their heritage. Um, uh, stuff like that. And, and but you know, Amon Amarth takes care of that. You know, that epic side of of melodic death metal. But there are still like a lot of bands out there that kind of take it to a purely like purely for the for the idea of just keeping that melodic sound or you know or, or sometimes it can be you know like a very melancholic sound um so uh, i talked a little little bit about them last week um insomnium uh they're god i think they're from finland i hope i don't get that wrong um it's another one of the nordic bands a lot of if you, when you get in the middle you realize a lot of the bands are a lot of them are from the nordic countries um yeah but i'm pretty sure they're from finland yeah and these these guys um they go a little bit of a different direction than someone like Amon Amarth does um Insomnium tend to make a lot of their songs like really sad <laughs> um if you look up the lyrics to a lot of their songs they're they're actually quite depressing to be completely honest with you uh I talk I realize I just talk a, I talk a lot about depressing songs on this show uh which is weird because it's a metal podcast but who knows? Um, the uh, so for, throughout their career, they've they've focused a lot on these very um, you know very sorrowful like minor scale guitar songs with minor scale guitar solos. Um, and in a lot of these songs, they um, have a really uh, heavy focus on. Uh, you know, getting you to like really pay attention to the lyrics and pay attention to what they're doing in a lot of their songs. Um, I was a big fan. Uh, the one album that really got me into them was uh, Shadows of the Dying Sun. That's their third to last release. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that one and then Winter's Gate. 
Um, and then their newest one, I got her, I think it's Heart Like a Grave, I believe is the title of the album. Uh, let me double check that. Um, yeah, Heart Like a Grave. Um, another great album. Uh, and they, their their songs deal with a lot of like isolation, um, being alone in the 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 Finnish woods in winter. A lot, it's a lot of a lot of metal uses a lot of winter imagery. Um, uh, you know, uh, one of my favorite songs of theirs is a song called uh, uh, "Last Statement," which I believe is how I interpret it is basically a like a like a last will and testament of someone reading it. And it's it's got these really cool um a lot of melodic death metal like I've mentioned before has a lot of like guitar harmonies that they put in there their songs um and that song has a lot of that and the riffage of the song and you know the solos are just you know very sad long drawn out uh not some, these specific ones aren't as quick as some of like the other like you know more you know, technical guitar solos like something like Megadeth would have. Uh, or like an Ozzy or Randy Rhodes or uh, you know, a lot of those kind of songs, um, but they're they have a they have a different kind of feel to them. They have a you know they're very contemplative. Um, that's that song specifically. You know, it's the last lyrics are you know don't forget me. Um, yeah, again, sad song just about you know not wanting to be forgotten after death. Um, there are other songs, you know, uh, they have another song called Ephemeral, which is like one of their, I guess, like singles, if you could call it a single. That uh, one's basically, uh, you know, uh, your life is fleeting, make the most of your life. So I guess it's the metal, metal version of a YOLO song. Um, it, it's better than it sounds. Uh, you know, YOLO is kind of cringy um, after a while, but um, that's that's what that song's about. Uh, it's another great um uh, the title track of Shadows of the Dying Sun, just about, um, you know, a lot of their songs about how we're kind of in, insignificant compared to the scale of the universe and stuff like that. Um, but they're still, you know, they have these really, they're really pretty songs. Like, you know, it's their vocalist um, is incredibly talented with how he can, he can convey so much emotion in his, his, uh, in his songs that even though he's he's not you know just not always clean singing in the songs there are some in some of the songs um but there's there's so much emotion conveyed you know the there's you know a lot of longing um and sadness in the in the growling which which i i think a lot of people don't expect from songs where you're not paying attention to the the lyrics all that much if you're not you know, interested in, you know, handling all the, the screaming that's coming at your face 24 seven. Um, I think, uh, in, uh, their, uh, pale morning star, which is on their new album, but uh, he does a lot like that where it's in like the, the bridge to the song, it's very long and drawn out. Um, screaming. That's not angry. It's just very sad. And still like, you know, the, the, waiting for the, um, that song specifically is about like a, I think I don't know if it's a a lost lover or a ex lover or a passed away lover. It's just, it's just a sad song, but it still has this really pretty you know riffs to it with the guitars and um absolutely stunning guitar solos are just really pretty. Um, 
it's I think that's what I like a lot about melodic death metal is that it's you know com- combined there's many different feelings you can get out of it it's this um you know going off to battle you know really cool like practicing your guitar getting ready for the day songs but also these very deeply you know thoughtful songs that are you know a lot about the human experience and how you know we go about and you know dealing with loneliness and dealing with isolation from everybody else and how we handle that i think that's a lot of what insomnia knows with their songs um uh they can also make really you know you know revelation is a great song it just uh, it's more about you know discard as the name would imply discovery you know with also really pretty riffs and stuff just amazing just i i can only talk so much about the band without having you listen to it to understand exactly what i'm talking about that a, a lot of these songs give give you this really you know yeah great way of experiencing other people's you know, emotions and how they deal with their own problems and how they deal with you know sadness and depression and how they have been able to rise above um you know i think a lot of these these bandmates really helped each other to make these beautiful songs that uh speak to that experience and that want of human connection and that feel those feelings of isolation that you can just so very keenly write down in a lot of these songs and in a lot of these albums that these bands have been able to make you know uh you know one for sorrow is just a great song it, it it i it's so hard to describe how these songs make you feel the emotion they're trying to convey without you hearing them uh you know one for sorrow is just like it's slow it's a slower song um and it kind of you know by making the slower riffs and the this the long drawn out uh vocals it you know it, that very like it's like a whale almost you know that quality of, of of sadness that's in the songs you know making it toning it down this is a slower sentence while still having that melodic guitar melody in the background able to like con- combine all these elements and make it you know so succinct and so well put together that you, you're able to feel all that and i think it's what a lot of melodic death metal uh does at least for me i think it's it's so cool to listen to uh, i'm another big band that i i really really love a lot that they're these guys are more of like uh progressive like melodic death metal combined so that a lot of their songs i had i still don't know what they're about um to be completely honest with you um uh bellacore um b-e uh apostrophe l-a-k-o-r bellacore um, they're an Australian uh, outfit, and they're pretty sick. Um, uh, a lot of Bellacore songs um, are incredibly long, so if you got the time, uh, you could listen to them. If not, don't worry about it. Um, th- this band, I, I just stumbled upon, you know, while just getting into a monic death metal kick. You know, after listening to some of Mana Martha and some, and I was like, you know, I'll give these guys a shot. Um, and their songs are absolutely incredible um all their albums are great um uh i haven't listened to their first one as much um but the the songs i have listened to are great um i think like the uh, it's called the frail tide let me look this one up real quick uh yeah i think the first one 
yeah, Frail Ties from 2007, uh, that's pretty great. Um, a Natural Apostasy, this is a song I also do. That's also that's a great song. Their other three albums are amazing. Stone's Reach, of course, is uh, widely considered to be their best album. It's from 2009. It's great. It's got a picture of, I believe, uh, Perseus holding the head of Medusa, I think, is what that picture is. Could be. I'm not positive. Um, that's a great. Uh, Venator is um, an amazing song, which is... Um, uh, basically, the, well, okay, that's the one song I think I know. Some, basically, it's a guy on a mountain fighting a giant wolf. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a, like an eight-minute song, and it has uh, – Insomnia do this really cool thing – or not Insomnia, but Bellacord do this really cool thing on a lot of their songs where they just cut out all the music except for the, the guitars. So they'll, they'll have the drums fade out, and they'll have the bass fade out, and it's just like a, like a chug on the guitar for a little bit, and then they'll do like an amazing – like harmonizing solo for a couple of minutes and then they'll bring the drums back and it's like the cymbals playing it's absolutely incredible that the way they can blend that together um and vinegar does that that little that pretty well um it, it's I, i've always took that song it's, it's a really really beautifully written song of it's more about facing your own demons um and i, I believe you just in the end i think of the song the message is that you both just kind of kill each other at the end um so not exactly a happy message, but I, I think that maybe maybe if we want to look at it from uh, I don't I would I would know how they wanted it to be interpreted necessarily, but that maybe facing your demons and what what goes wrong in your life is better than letting them have control over you, even if in inevitably inevitably they end up you know costing you you know some of yourself but it's better to go down fighting those demons than you know letting them loose you know making a constant effort to improve yourself improve how you interact with people um that's how i take it um the other songs in the album sun's delusion uh, another great song that's uh, that one i think is more about you know uh maybe maybe humanity isn't as close to god as we like to think that i think often we treat ourselves as above the red the global you know you know global picture about where we put ourselves or maybe that certain people put themselves above other people and when in reality that's not the case um, i think that's what that song really sings about uh, is succinct about that's another longer song um i stone's reach might be their their best my personal favorite album of theirs is uh their next one is a breath and bone which is uh really cool album i like the album cover it's like a little red riding hood and then like it, i don't know if it's supposed to be a wolf it looks like more like a german shepherd but i think that's what it plays off and she's giving him some bread i think it's a really it's an interesting album cover um favorite song on that in parting by far one of my favorite songs like that song has been with me through some rough parts of my life and i don't know why it's such a great song i don't you know know what entirely what it's about a lot of these bands like to come with weird uh, topics for all their songs and you don't necessarily know what they're talking about but it has this amazing part uh at, near the end of the song the guitar solo just the this like really quick like chug and then like alternate picking that goes on and then the two guitars come in like for this amazing guitar part harmony um that goes on for about like you know uh like i want to say like a minute and then before that like there's this really cool um like acoustic like 
bridge that goes into that solo. Uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, I, I love that song so much. Uh, that that part is just, I don't know, it's so uplifting. And then it has this like a little mini guitar solo after that, you know, harmonic blending. It's so sick, so, so gorgeous. Uh, really recommend you, you listen to it. All the songs now have these, a lot of these really cool harmony parts. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's so great. They, they make all these like, you know, again, very melancholic, but pretty songs, um, that just have you like all over the place in terms of your mental state, just, you know, getting through the day. Um, another great one. Uh, this one I think is on, that one's on their, their newest album. I think, uh, uh, Husks, I think is the name. I can't remember. Why can't I remember the names of these albums? I should know this by now. Um, it's called Whelm, uh, that much I know. Uh, and it has this really cool uh, intro, or not intro, uh, bridge part, um, where it just like, it's just like a he very headbang. It's just like, it sounds a lot better than what I'm doing. But it, it, it blends with the drums to create this really cool effect it's so simple like it's just a bunch of repeated notes but it fits the song so well and it just really like oh it, it really really makes you feel good that that moment it's it's so pretty all their songs are so pretty it, despite being so heavy it's so cool i love it so much um so bella Corp was really like uh oh uh, uh, eye-opener for how a lot of these metal bands can mix such heavy styles with this awesome melodic uh, mixture throughout that makes these songs just like marvels of music. And I think a lot of times they can't get this inspiration, like I was saying before, from classical music because, you know, as classical music progressed, there was a lot of a shift from, you know, just these normal compositions to a lot of experimentation with a lot of, you know, very dissonant sounds and very different ways of making music rather than just you know having these very structured setups and these are just long songs that just go on and they're very you know flowy and winding and just bringing you on this journey through the possibilities of what music can be um it's absolutely absolutely um stunning so Oh, let me see. Oh, I found it. It's Vessels is the name of that. Their newest album. It's 2016. I hope they come out with new stuff, too, but I hope they haven't broken up because that would be really sad because I love their songs very much. Um, so I think um, where I want to leave this with Melodic Death Metal is I, I think that Melodic Death Metal emerges a genre that challenged the conventions of metal about what it should be, about whether or not it always has to be this very aggressive you know, stand against whatever system they feel like standing against. Of course, that's important. I don't want to say that, but it, it allows us to have a break from that into these very beautiful compositions, these very epic compositions. A lot of these bands, they're able to make these songs that, uh, of course, there's many more, and you should check them out. Um, but these are the ones I wanted to focus on, that the ability of these musicians to capture so much you know, the harshness, the sadness, the, you know, the struggle, the power through in a lot of these songs, it creates these amazing compositions that uh, deserve to be listened to. But I think that have really impacted me a lot in my journey through music and through heavy music. 
Um, and I think that melodic death metal is able to kind of bridge the gap between where heavy music, you know, is detrimental to some people and where it can bring people together. Um, it has this amazing quality of uniting a lot of different themes and ideas together that make it really stand out um, and make it really beautiful and worthwhile to listen to. Um, so that's where I'll end my uh, discussion so far about uh, melodic, uh, mel melodeth. Um, uh, so I'm just going to take a little break right now. Uh, and then after the break, I want to talk a little bit about one of my favorite indie horror films uh, of all time. It's a little film called Possum. Uh, so stay tuned for discussion about that. I'll catch you after the break. And welcome back, friends. So um, before we start this segment off, I would just like to say for the record, spoiler alert. It is massive spoiler alert for this movie. Um, so if you haven't see it, seen it uh, and you want to see it, as I recommend everyone who listens to this uh, video do, um, don't listen anymore because I'm going to spoil it because I'm going to talk about all the stuff that happens. <laughs> Not everything, but some of the important stuff. Um, all right. Uh, with that in mind, if you don't care or you don't plan on seeing a movie, then uh, you're fine to stick around. Okay. So this movie um, came out in 2018. Uh, it's indie film, British indie film. Uh, this guy, uh, Matthew Holness, I think, it is yes, yeah, this the guy who who, who um, written he wrote and directed it. Um, and the two leads, uh, there's not a lot of characters in this. Um, Sean Harris and Ellen Armstrong the two main characters um it this movie um uh did not make a lot of money it's only made, made 33,271 according to wikipedia uh, at the box office so not a lot obviously not um but depend, i mean of course depending on the budget it depends on but um this this movie um is one of the best horror movies i think I've ever watched um because it it's such a slow burn and you don't know what the hell is happening the entire time you're watching this movie like it is absurd about how um weird and deranged and upsetting this movie is because nothing that happens makes any sense because you have no context for any of it and it makes that last payoff in like the last 10 minutes of the movie that much more amazing um it's so well done the acting is so well done the the cinematography the it's amazing it's so cool it's so great um just to talk a little bit about it um so it takes place uh, in britain i don't know where exactly it doesn't it's not very specific um and this guy is like a puppeteer and he has this um absurdly creepy puppet he calls possum that it's horrifying if you look at a picture from it from the movie it's 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 creepy as hell i don't know 
who in the right mind want plays, but I guess it's based off like a children's book that either he wrote or that he read, um, and it's terrifying. And he is coming back to his like childhood home, and uh, you know he sees his kid on this train, and then the kid goes missing. You're like, oh god, did this guy kidnap this kid? Uh, it's this whole thing. His like uncle, the Wikipedia says stepfather, but I think in the movie they say uncle, so I don't know. Is like still at the house, and he's like there every so often, and he's like talking to him about the puppet. He's like, can I see the puppet? It's it's weird. And this whole time in this movie, this guy is trying to get rid of this freaking puppet, but the puppet always comes back. Like you see the puppet move sometimes. Um, it's so strange. There's all these flashbacks. You like time is like so weirdly done in this movie. Like there'll be like one scene where you think one thing's happening, but it's actually just a flashback from a couple scenes ago where this thing is happening. You know it's sometimes it'll go back and change the things that happen in the flashbacks like sometimes the puppet will like jump out or it's it's so absurd when you watch it that you don't understand what's happening that you don't get what the point of this is like what is happening this is creepy you know he's running from this possible this thing now he's you know trying to get rid of it he's you know he's trying to like distance himself like the police want to talk to him they think that he's the person that kidnapped these like this kid um it's crazy so uh, this is where we're gonna start getting the spoilers this whole this possum thing whether or not it exists or not is like this whole metaphor for this guy's childhood like he had like he was uh like physically mentally abused it's implied sexual abuse it's horrifying and you find this out at the end of the movie because at the end of the movie, at this slow burn, like there's been this whole time in this house where he grew up, there's this locked door and he never goes in. He's afraid to go in that room. Um, and you find out at the end of this movie that that locked room like has like, I don't know, it's like the ashes of his dead parents who like died in a fire. And he's like looking over this stuff. He's like, wow, this is terrible. And all of a sudden in the corner of the room, this guy jumps out of freaking nowhere. There's no no indication that this is gonna happen i my dad and i were watching it and it scared the ever-loving shit out of us i it this jump scare it was so bad it i we had to pause the movie it was that bad it comes out of freaking nowhere so if you see it you know what i'm talking about um and you find out that the the whole time this uncle guy was like awful He's a terrible person. He's the one that's been kidnapping kids. He's like a pedophile or whatever. It's it's disturbing. So, but that scene really informs the rest of the film and like what's wrong with this guy. You know why he makes his creepy puppet. It's this whole like complex that this kid has for his traumatic childhood and the stuff stuff that was done to him. And it's he's been trying to get rid of it. He's been trying to run from it, but it keeps catching up with him. It's so incredibly well made, this movie, with how it conveys all this stuff. Um, and how, you know, it, it, that tension is building throughout this entire movie. With, and even, there's not that much dialogue in this movie. A lot of it is just him reading passages from this children's book that either he wrote or I, I wasn't really clear to me, or that he was, you know, given. And him, like, kind of. You know, you're starting to get like, oh, okay, this, there's some, there's more to this story than just this creepy ass puppet. Like he's trying to get rid of it. Um, but this puppet that he's made has really, you know, stuck with him his whole life. It's come back. It haunts him. This past that he can't escape from. Um, it's 
beautiful. It's so creepy. It's like Tim Burton on crack. Like, like it's like Tim Burton, like actually trying to scare the shit out of you is what this movie is. Like, it's horrifying, and you're just so confused and nervous this whole time, and you're like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know. Is this guy messed up? He's kind of weird. Maybe that means he's the, the guy who's kidnapping kids. It's hor- horrific, and, like, the thing of it is, is, like, whether or not the, the, the puppets are that it's kind of a plausible scenario that has real-life implications about how we handle abuse and trauma from however long ago and i think like whether or not the psychotic puppet is real or not the for the main character it is real um check out his name is real quick it's um uh philip is his name it's regardless of whether or not the puppet itself manifests itself in reality it's real enough for him that trauma that he's always trying to escape he has been for his whole life and it caused him to you know fail in his you know his work what he loved to do he would like to be a puppeteer his um you know everything has been the result of this trauma that he's been keeping inside this whole time um and that climax of the movie really drills at home you know he's finally able to let go and you know and the the cycle that has been going on for so long you know that he hasn't really addressed um and i think that makes the movie so well done and i think it really shows that a lot of these indie horror films that are being made are amazing and deserve so much more attention and credit than they get um you know a lot of these big budget movies don't get me wrong i like a lot of them um top tend to focus a lot on you know big scares and you know creepy ghosts and stuff like that and it's great sometimes you just want to sit down and be like jump scare me just sit me down for an hour and a half or two hours or however long the movie is and just scare the shit out of me but there there's something to be said about a lot of these indie films that can't work with big budget cgi and creepy sound effects so they have to rely on and, and, and it's gorgeous it almost has this like 2d animation like quality of this puppet that like it kind of it's just so creepy and like slow moving and it's like it it never actually does anything except like jump like close to the character but it's still terrifying like this like spider like human hybrid like creepy thing like it it works so well and i think when when you're forced to use like the materials at hand to scare people it makes it so that you focus a lot more on tension and a lot more on suspense than just throwing jump scares at people because you have that ability to just draw out ever so slightly every single moment and just like it makes you this movie was an hour and 25 minutes like it's it's a pretty short movie but when you're watching it like it feels like ages like it feels like it's going on for so long because everything is like so slow moving like you don't really know what's happening this is very short conversations between him and his uncle like you're trying to piece together bits of the story like what's going on why does he you know what's going on with this puppet what's going on with his past what's going on with this guy who's just living in this house and it makes it work so well and i think a lot of big budgets and i should really look at these and like look at the suspense that's put into this that really makes it scary and really makes it unsettling it gets under your skin without having to rely on all these 
big, you know, big scares. Um, and I think that that we need a lot of that in horror movies nowadays. I think that that is something that should be more highly considered when making these making these movies and looking and judging the quality of all these movies. I think that that really helps a lot. And I think a lot of these indie films that I've watched over the years, trying to find you know the newest scare, do that really well. Um, I think even with like something like you know like Silence of the Lambs does that really well with the the, the tension that's built in throughout the movie. You know, it's not a lot of cheap jump scares. It's just creepy, weird stuff going on throughout the entire time. And, you know, and like, uh, of course, um, Anthony Hopkins is just phenomenal in that movie, just how creepy he gets. Um, and Jodie Foster is um, um, amazing. Just, like, she's like, I guess, like, she's like the, the, the amazing opposition that to Anthony Hopkins' crazy that really makes it, you know, this battle of wits that they're having so amazing, so calm and collected throughout that movie. It's it's amazing. Um, So that kind of suspense and stuff. I mean, it, while even with, like, paranormal horror films, you, you can still have that tension be there without, you know, having to just have the ghost jump out every so often. Um, I think that's where this movie does really well with that tension and that buildup and that storytelling that from very little dialogue and with dialogue there is very minimal context how well it does for that build up to the climax where you finally get the whole picture um it's just so satisfying it's such an amazing way of doing it and i give a lot of credit to the writer and director for this movie I, it deserves way more money than he got for this because it's absolutely phenomenal um and i really recommend that you all see it um so uh, a little bit of a shorter section uh today but that, that's just like i don't want to talk a little bit about the movie because it's short and it's a way to kind of talk about everything in the movie without going too much to the whole detail because a lot of it is like a lot of repetition and stuff that really builds up um so uh that'll uh end this episode here um it's been great talking to you all uh it's a bit of again a bit of a short episode um let me know if you want me to do longer stuff i can come up with more segments and maybe have some guests on um for those of you who know me reach out um i'm happy to take input um but that being said, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you listen to more stuff than you're familiar with. I hope you watch stuff more than you're comfortable with, or not comfortable with, more than you're getting out of your comfort zone. That's a better way of putting it, because the other way sounds really bad. Um, uh, uh, I hope you all are doing well. Stay safe. Stay, stay metal. And I'll talk to you next time. Uh, peace out. <laughs>